Hello, hello. Let's see. Well, happy there, James. Oh, look, he's gone. He's just going to do it right away. Yep, I always forget. (laughs) Hey, all right. Hi. Hey there. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. How's it going with you? Very well. Oh, good. Very well. Awesome, awesome. How was... uh, Vinny and I decided to make February come early. Oh, Oh, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) My wife's about there, too. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, how did you celebrate February? uh, We got drunk and went and watched a show called As the World Goes Round. Yeah. Which has your boss in it. Yeah. You did that you did that tonight? No. No, we said <laughs> we did it Friday. Oh, okay. But uh yeah. But since February's already here, I'm uh <laughs> I'm polishing off my bottle of Tullamore Dew. There you go. Nice. Oh nice. Yeah. That's it was a, a good one. gift. It's actually a re gifted gift. My coworker randomly asked me the other day if I wanted a bottle and I was like, sure. And she goes, because she's like, somebody gave this to me, but I'm not on a whiskey kick right now. And I was like, I will take it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I went and uh, I went to BevMo today and I picked up a bottle of pure corn whiskey that's in like a legit like moonshine crock. Jug. Really? Excellent. Yeah. it's It tastes terrible, but it looks really nice on the shelf. <laughs> What's the alcohol content? It's just 80 proof. It's pretty... It's pretty normal. Sorry. Doing your method. I'm I'm shooting and chasing it with water. It's great. But I put a James Key twist on it and I'm doing double shots. Oh. oh. <laughs> it works with it works with those. So. I went so the other day so first of all, I my Flaviar box came and it oh. is so it's three like little shot files. Um, and they did give me a concrete coaster, which is cool. Hmm. Um, concrete. And, yeah. I mean, huh. you know, like ceramic. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, but like, so it's, it's cool. Um, if they give me another box next month, I'm going to keep this going. But if it's only one box per quarter, that's completely not worth it. And I'm just going to not do it. I think it's I every month, the, but you're paying yeah. quarterly. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I thought the kick with them was was it was every month. I couldn't find anything in writing that says that they were going to send you a box every month. Oh. But, uh, th- you know, you, you pay quarterly, so I figured I would give it a shot. Yeah, they, see, their website was pretty bad about <clears throat> answering any questions that might come up. Because I had a yeah. lot of questions, and none of them were answered by surfing all over on their website. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, that, that, I think I mentioned it la- last time we talked about it. I almost signed up with them, but I just wasn't quite sure how often... And James, it's it's little airplane bottles, is that right? Uh it's sort of. They're actually I feel like they're custom bottles. They're straight like they're they're not shaped like little bottles. Hmm. They're they're uh like test tubes? Yes, but with a cap on them. Huh. Um so and it was it was a bigger shot than a normal shot, but not by much. Like a normal shot is like one point five ounces and this was like one point seven five ounces or something. Hmm. Um, so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a, a full on double shot, but it was, you know, enough to taste the, the whiskeys. Sure. Interesting. The mm. three that I got were mm-hmm. few was the name of the, the few F E W. Uh-huh. And then, uh, Breckenridge, 
And I, and I can't remember the third one. I threw it away. <laughs> Actually, it comes with little stickers that tell. And so it's it's kind of a fun little thing because they like you have a sticker that you can put over the vial so you can't see the name. Hmm. Uh, and then you do a taste test. And okay. on the little sticker, it comes with like this tastes like peat moss or this tastes like honey and vanilla or this tastes like, you know, tons of other stuff. And then you guess which one was which. Huh. Okay. I'm still not sold, but it's it's more interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not, it's not just because if it's just the whiskey, then it's like, what the hell am I paying for? Like, I could pay that much and just get a bottle. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I, there's a couple other ones I saw that you get like a bottle every two or three months and stuff like that. that oh. I was tempted to join, too. See, that's that's way more up my alley, but I'm not. I'm not. But they're like more money and stuff yeah. like that. I'm not quite there yet. I've almost exhausted our town's resources on whiskey. Because <laughs> pretty much every single bottle I have, except with the... Uh, there's a handful that are the exception to that rule, but every single bottle I have costs under $40, and I'm just about done being able to buy <laughs> under $40 bottles because there aren't very many more. Yeah. Right. At least new ones. You can buy old ones that you've already tried. Yeah, finished. exactly. <clears throat> But it's then, not like you've bled our town dry of whiskey. You've exhausted the, the new. Oh, you don't know. You don't know what my intake is like. <laughs> but the bar, my my uh, whiskey barrel, they they did offer to sell me whiskey at cost. Just like if I gave them the name of a bottle or two that I wanted, they would get it from their supplier and then sell it to me. Yeah, have awesome. you taken them yeah. up on that offer? Not yet. I plan to start that to see how everyone feels about it with a fifth of Canadian club because no sure. one no one has fifths of Canadian club in this town. It's all handles. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I think I'm going to start there because, you know, start with 12 bucks. If I get screwed on 12 bucks, okay. Yeah. I feel like it would be more worth it for them to do a bigger thing. Yes. Cuz like they're they're not going to order you know, especially a bar is not going to order a fifth of anything. Well, well, they order they would they would just add it to just their regular liquor order of like, oh, right. we're out of you know Jameson and uh, all the hundreds of tickles that they push on everybody and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. I'd be like, oh, an addition. Also, give us some Canadian Club. But we'll see. I think probably they'd rather I get like five bottles. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> But, I mean, five different bottles at cost, like, you're dropping a pretty penny, but you're not going to have to buy any more for a while. And at bar cost is going to be a hell of a lot better than at grocery store cost. Yes. yes. Correct. <laughs> All right. My first double shot. Here All goes. Right, here we go. <laughs> I just put some of it in my beard on accident. Oh. That'll happen. It's hard to, yeah, to be clean happen. with a double shot? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to try that. Wolf I haven't burn. done Wolfburn. What? Was the third one. Wolfburn. Oh, okay. My favorite of the three was Breckenridge by far. Wolfburn. Wolfburn single malt scotch. I don't see you as much of a scotch man. I'm not. It uh so that was the one I drank it and I was like, whoa, that tastes like a mouthful of peat moss. And Jenny goes how do you know what peat moss tastes like? And I was like, well, it tastes like peat moss smells. Yep, there you like go. Exact, you know, like, <laughs> I know enough. what peat moss smells like, and that's what it tastes like. Yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> Brecker in the Ridge looks pretty interesting, but that's a bourbon. I know you're you're a big you're a big bourbon boy. I am. I am, in fact. I uh, when when we went and watched the show, it's at uh, uh, Stockton School for Performing Arts. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. So it's right within walking distance of Finnegan's. And so I walked over to Finnegan's during intermission, mm-hmm. and I because I didn't have any cash on me. Um, so I needed an ATM and I, I wasn't about to cross the street right there cause it's super busy. Yes. So I walked over to Finnegan's and I asked for two double shots of bourbon and a half a glass of water with no ice in it. And she, without hesitation was just like, boom, cool. And I was like, what kind of bourbon are you working with here? And she goes, Oh, just Jim Beam. She goes, I figured I could have asked you, but it was most likely going to be Jim Beam anyways. And I was like, eh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably would have been okay with that. It's fine. So I just downed the shots and took the water and then i hit the atm and i went back and i I got her some wine and myself another bottle of water and a cookie and it was great cool is the show uh worth seeing i'm not going to see it either way but (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's a fun show it's very minimal um you know your your boss is in it currently i I know he tells me about it nine times a day (laughs) (laughs) he did better than he led me to believe uh i was I went in there prepared for the worst, and it was it was I was pleasantly surprised. I've never seen him perform, so I'm maybe I'll go at some point just to see him perform. Yeah, well, there's only two weekends, and it only seats forty, so <laughs> they're gonna go. They're not gonna sell. Either up. going this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, so I guess it's next weekend because it's already Monday. Wow, how time flies. Yeah, we're in a so. weird uh, weird place, Zach. That uh, doesn't affect your life at all. But this coming weekend. <laughs> There will be three different yeah. shows on stage in Stockton. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't commonly huh. happen. No. Normally there's only two. Yeah. This last weekend there were two. And that's just a recent thing. The The two theaters that we are involved with used to, like, stagger mm-hmm. their show dates. And then pretty recently they were just like, no, fuck it. We're going at the same time. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you think it would make sense for them to try and stagger it. I mean. It does. Well, right. It does. Okay. Okay. It does indeed. It's okay. uh, it's a game of chicken. Oh, okay. The stupid thing about a game of chicken is when you're the tiny scrawny chicken, you shouldn't be playing a game of chicken with the big fat rooster, because yeah, the right. rooster's going to trample you. Yeah, they're not. Gonna they do that. though. They the hardest part or the the worst thought about it is that they, it is the same community of actors, and performers and musicians. Right, so it mm-hmm. forces the people who are doing the shows and volunteering to choose one or the other. Especially musicians. The the everyone's favorite drummer works in my school district, and we have right. long discussions all the time about which shows he should do because he can't do all of the above. Oh yeah, and he'd like to, but and uh, he would if they worked together a little mm-hmm. bit more, or at least were a little bit more conscientious, conscientious of each other's schedules. Yeah, exactly. well, he did for a while. He but did. now, yeah, he, now he has to pick. Yeah, he's, he's, and I think there's really no other first, option, right? huh? Yeah, I think it's whoever asks him first, or no. does he? Is he always like, I'm going to weigh my options? He weighs his options based on um, strictly on what he's going to be playing. Ah, because a rock, like if if his choice were to do Rodgers and Hammerstein or some rock musical, he's going to do the rock musical, right? Because it's more than just sitting there, and then every twenty minutes go boom. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he has some self-respect, and he'd like to actually do something while he's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, first, um, 
smart drummer I think I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's also like an accomplished musician of other instruments as well. Yeah, well, I, you don't have to tell me. I, I host his um, orchestra concerts, guitar concerts, um, beginning band concerts. He's, he teaches every instrument yeah. under the sun. There was a show a while back wherein the piano player was like really sick and showed up and they were just like, no, go home. We'll figure it out. And he just like hopped on the piano mm-hmm. and like played her shit. Yep. Zach, did you know that drummers are stupid? I did not know that that was a thing. You know, I was just going nice. with it. I, I don't, don't know enough to argue one way or another about it, so I was trusting your word for it. It's pretty. It's pretty commonly known. I mean, they're they're very nice people, but uh, as far as all the people in a rock band, the drummers are the dumbest, just easily. <laughs> are you basing that off of Ringo Starr only? <laughs> he's in there too. He, he's he's someone who's I've I've gained a lot more respect for Ringo now that they've been putting out newly mixed stereo versions of all the Beatles albums. Okay, and he's not just crammed all the way over on the left when you listen to right. it in stereo. He's actually a very nuanced drummer. I used to think he was also a bad drummer, <laughs> but um. Yeah, he's pretty dumb. Do you you haven't ever heard this, James? That's that's very no. common. The the drummer's the the dumbest person in a rock band. There's a there's a million drummer jokes. Like, uh, how do you know when a drummer's at the door? I bow. The, the knocking is speeding up. <laughs> oh, that's funny oh, on boy. several different levels. That's <laughs> fucked up, but that's funny. You ever heard that? It's a drum, uh, drummer jokes. Let's see. Let's see what I can get you. What's it? Do, what do you call a drummer with half a brain? Gifted. <laughs> what do you call someone who hangs around with musicians? A drummer. <laughs> like I feel like these are like mean spirited and they're like reminiscent of blonde jokes. Yes, but like you know, and I'm sure there was like some sort of reason that the stereotype was you know propagated. Like, it, you know, probably several amount of blonde people were less intelligent than others. But, like, it's not, like, across the board. Right. Right. But so I'm, I'm wondering, like, what specifically, like, prompted all of these. It's funny to me. It's, it's hilarious. But um, I asked my drummer to spell Mississippi. He said the river or the state. But <laughs> could literally be substituted for blonde jokes apologies oh, blonde boy. listeners if you're offended but yeah. if you're blonde and you're listening you're probably not offended yeah no apologies to drummers though <laughs> <laughs> actually so in my experience I, uh, I i wouldn't call this man a friend but he was more of like an extended acquaintance but he went by the nickname of duct tape hmm. because he walked around with rolls of duct tape f- you know for his whole life with Okay. Uh, and one point we were at a party and we were talking, um, and, and duct tape, mind you had, a, a spotted past with drugs off and on. Right. Um, but he was clean at the time that we were talking and I, I said something about drums, but he thought I said drugs yeah. and I was like, no, no, no drums. And I was like, God, oh, man, one letter makes all the difference. And he goes, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I never thought of that. It does. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, duct tape. Wonder what he's up to now. Boy, oh duct boy. tape. If you're listening to the show, contact me at Silent Gordon at any. <laughs> 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 any 
in his social media. Boy. I'm 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 now uh, I'm talking while typing other words. I am it's now the hardest thing to do. Yes it is. I'm now um doing a Google Doc for the show. Oh that oh, I've invited right both of you to. So excellent. That I can instead of just it's a little more complex on the actual episode page for where I upload all of our episodes, so I can I can be stupid on this Google Doc and then cut and paste out of it. Perfect. Yeah. But you you both have, have access if you want to, because we can eventually start putting topics of conversation in there. Oop, Zach showed right up. There he is. Oh, yeah. Hey, buddy. I wanted to make sure you didn't send it to my, to my old Yahoo email. Oh, no, no. So I'm like, oh, I better check my emails real quick. Because I don't even know if I still have access to that email or if it's a random person at this point. I lost mine. Did you guys ever lose a Yahoo email? Yeah, I think so. They emailed Maybe. me to let me know that they were they were forcing me to give it up so that it would be available for other people because I hadn't logged in in like five years or something. <laughs> oh, see. And you were like, fine. <laughs> yep. I, I still use that account for the fantasy baseball league that you convinced me to join mm. that I'm still in that you, that you abandoned I me did. in. I did. Um, so I, I still use it for that. So I haven't lost it yet. See, for me, it was before I realized that you didn't need to do underscores. I was big on underscores because it was like a space. So my Yahoo email was silent underscore Gordon. But then around 2008, I realized you don't need to do that many underscores all the time. So then yeah. <laughs> I switched to Gmail and did all non underscores. Oh, James is here too. Hey, all right. Welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah, thank you. There's a Google technology. This is where the real party's at. Yeah, so yeah. sorry, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> in okay, the next so... half hour, we're just going to be silent while we type to each other in the dock. <laughs> There's a section here called titles, and I read it as titties, and I was like, we have not been talking about that. <laughs> no, we have. Show. We, we totally have. have. Yeah, you're just drunk. Too much titties for 200. <laughs> Uh, oh, so we've been talking about what James is drinking, but what are you drinking, CJ? Oh, I'm drinking wine. I'm drinking a wine oh, okay. I picked up at Bevmo today called Locatour. <laughs> did you oh. do one of the their five cent wine things? Or? I sure did. So I have two bottles of wine in front of me. Nice, nice. It's pretty good. Pretty how, good little, how would you describe cab. it? I would describe it as a Cabernet. Okay. That doesn't feel watered down. That's important. That's about as far as I get on really knowing wine. I like it. Yeah. That normally with, with wines, it's like, well, it tastes like a red wine or it tastes like a white yeah, wine. Exactly. <laughs> yep. How about you, Zach? What do you got going on? I am actually doing wine tonight, too. Ah. When I, there's this wine at uh, Trader Joe's that I like um, that I haven't seen elsewhere. So whenever I go shopping there, I buy a bottle. It's a thousand stories, bourbon barrel aged Zinfandel. Oh, I've had that. That sounds like right up my alley. Yeah, I, it's really good. Where is it? Where in California? Uh, no one knows. No one knows. Now I'm going to Google it because the I have my overhead light off in, in this room. I only have my little <laughs> LED lamp and it does not provide very much light. And the bottle is too full for me to really look at. The winemaker's name is Bob Blue. Bob Blue. Like that's his real name? His name apparently is Bob Blue. B L U E. 
Huh. <laughs> Good old Bob Blue. What's it called? A thousand, uh, a thousand stories. Uh, I'm drinking specifically the bourbon barrel aged. Uh, Hopland, California. Oh, okay. I, I didn't. Uh, I don't think I shared it with with uh, you, CJ. And our listeners aren't going to find the story very fascinating. But uh, when I was there, I also found a wine from Soquelt, California. Soviet. Oh, yeah. So I had to. I had to buy it for old times' sake. James, because we're dumb, and we, we, yeah. we've always been dumb, and we've mm-hmm. spent every summer for a lot, a lot of years going to Santa Cruz. We have our own names for every single exit <laughs> yes. of uh, Highway 1 in Santa Cruz. For some reason, we decided that Soquel Drive was actually Soviet. Like Soviet. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's so. 72 Soviet porker... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's yeah. funny. Meanwhile, our one listener in Sokol is like, "Hey, fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> More accurately, "Hey, fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> With a Russian accent, comrade. This is bullshit, comrade. Yeah. Yeah. Second D two uh, is Forty First Avenue. Uh, Porker is Porter. <laughs> yeah. See, when I saw the name, I couldn't even remember at first what we what we called it. I just knew that we had some bizarre name for it. So I'm like, oh, well, I have to buy this now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you must. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's like a list of the exits because I think I'll remember most of it. It's not 17. It's California State Route 1. I'm not going to find a list of the exits because that's... They're not I, the same thing? Uh, 17 goes east-west and 1 goes north-south. Ah. 17 ends at 1. Gotcha. Yeah, to get to, in case anybody wants to know, from Stockton to Santa Cruz, you go 5 south to 205 west. Which turns into 580 and then to 680. Then you go on 680 west, and then you hop across however you like to 880, which turns into 17, and then you get on Highway 1. And one will take you all the way up and down the coast. Sure will. It's a scenic route. Yeah. I used, when I lived in Sonora, my roommates were like, why are you doing this all the time? But I would go like three times a week to Santa Cruz. Oh, that's such a long drive from Sonora. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it was two hours each way, but I just I just did it all the time because I wasn't going to Wait, class. Wait, that's it? It's two, yeah, it's an hour. Oh, no, no, it's three hours because it's two hours okay, from Stockton. Yeah. I was going to say it's an hour and a half, two hours from Stockton. Yeah. It's like you must have been doing 90. Yeah. I was I was going pretty fast, but uh, yeah, like two three days a week because I, I didn't go to class. I would I would just drive to Santa Cruz all the time, and I would. Oh, uh, man, it's a nice place to go. Yeah, and I'd go busk on the boardwalk and just walk around. God, I haven't been to the boardwalk in so long. We just went uh, this summer. It was pretty good. Nice. Went and saw who did we see? We saw a '90s band that no one cares about anymore. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot you. You sent me like a snap or something. You Smash mean? Mouth, yeah, yeah, it was Smash Mouth. We probably talked about it. I didn't realize probably. they were still a band. They are still a band, <laughs> and they're from San Jose, so they're not necessarily touring or anything. They just kind of went from San Jose to Santa Cruz to play. I think. Gotcha. And they played. Obviously, they played All Star eleven times. Sure, of course. <laughs> For the late arrivals, exactly. The people who didn't hear it the first time. <laughs> yeah. 
just every other song is all star. <laughs> <laughs> Who really cares about any of their other music, though? Is the question. Have you guys ever been to Seattle or Portland? No. Technically, I've been to Seattle, but I don't count it because I did not leave the airport. Oh, exactly. I've been to both Seattle and Portland if you count it that way. But yeah, so never. No, so I, I always tell people no. Yeah. Uh, technically, I've been to New Jersey, but I and New York, but I, I haven't really. Yeah, I do plan in the next year or two to go to Seattle because I want to start going to all the different baseball stadiums. Oh. Okay. So I do. That's going to be one of the one of the first ones. Because That's a good goal. It's so easy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Get to. yeah. Yeah. There's only thirty of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to to Denver, right? Yes, I went there this last year with my dad and my brother. That's right. What about Wrigley Field? No. Chicago. No. Um, I'm trying to find... 1060 West Addison. Yes, that? it is. That's that's the address of. Ridley oh Field. shit! I can't believe that you know that. <laughs> that's from Blues Brothers. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> anyway, I go was ahead. trying to find a no. I was just saying I was trying to find a um, a time when both them and the White Sox were playing at home. Like that way, you could just spend like four days there and go oh, to yeah. Wrigley one day and go to uh, the White Sox field the other way. The other Wait, day, right? No. What is that one called? No. Shea Stadium? Or is it not? No, I Shea don't. is, uh, that's the Mets. Ah. Uh, and, and geez, most of these stadiums change uh, change names so much. Guaranteed Rate Field is where the White Sox play. Jesus Christ. Ah, Guaranteed rate. Lovely. Talking about uh, field names, the Giants name, uh, going from AT&T Park to Oracle Park this year. Oh, it's going to hey, be full on Oracle right on. now, huh? Yeah. Yeah, AT&T offered to let them uh, change. They weren't going to renew their naming rights, so they said they could change if they wanted. And I guess since the Warriors were moving, their new stadium, the new arena is going to be called something else. So Oracle wanted to keep their name somewhere in the Bay Area. So Oracle's who does all the concessions, right? Oracle's like some tech firm. Oh, well, their but... name is on all the cups and napkins at the Port Stadium. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, been a while since I I only went to one ports game last year and I don't really remember. Oh man, I think they're like this kind of rich um, tech company and so they try and put their name on whatever shit they can. Sure, sounds sounds right. <laughs> I just assumed. Yep, that's the logo. I just assumed that Oracle was just like a concessions company. Oh, okay. No, they were the ones that um, um, had the naming right for the. Warrior Stadium. Oh, I don't. I don't watch um, basketball. So. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, Merlin. <laughs> uh, I don't really that much either. But my boss at work is a big Warriors fan, and then my dad oh. um, grew up a Warriors fan, so he still kind of follows them. Interesting. So I just kind of between the two of them, I I hear enough about it that. I hear I hear from uh from our friend Merlin that Steph Curry is very good at basketball. Yes. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> All your basketball and he's knowledge. So young. Comes from... And he's so young. I hear this too. <laughs> but hasn't he been playing for like fifteen years at this point? Oh, I don't think that long. Steph no, Curry. Maybe ten years. 
He is 30 years old. He's yeah. 30 years old, and he started in 2009, so 10 years in the league. That's actually longer than I thought. Jeez. He was a, what, a prodigy back then, right? Although yeah. LeBron James was 18, right? Yeah, LeBron, that's, yeah, LeBron James. I remember... For us, we were in like seventh or eighth grade, and we were all discussing like whether or not LeBron James should go to college. Yeah, that was a big topic of discussion back then. <laughs> as if we um, had any stake had, in it, any yeah. knowledge, had any even <laughs> we we hadn't even been to high school yet. Like, what did we care whether LeBron yeah. James should go to college? What did he end up doing? That, not right. He I think he did not. I think he yeah. just went straight straight in, and it turns out it worked out fine for him. Yes. Yeah, he's doing okay. Because everyone was saying, it's like, oh, you'll ruin your career if you don't do it, if you don't go in there well. Like, Zach and I went to school with a guy who straight out of high school went to, um, went into the, no, straight out of college went into the NFL. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he was a huge, he was a huge football star for, um, I was going to say NAACP, <laughs> for the NCAA. <laughs> oh, um, God. But he went into the NFL, immediately got injured, and so since then he hasn't really had a stellar career, which is what everyone was saying was going to happen to LeBron James. And obviously that didn't happen. Basketball injuries are a lot less intense than football injuries. That's true. And this guy's a running back, so he's like prime tackling target. Yeah. 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 Tackling fuel. He's really, he's really ruined himself. God, I I don't, yeah. I mean, geez, football is such a brutal sport. I don't know why anyone really want to, like, try and go into it, but... I had to resist the temptation to call your brother Farmer Fran last night (laughs) while we're talking about football. (laughs) Oh, man. That's hilarious. (laughs) Excuse me. So I have a question regarding The Office. I have two questions, actually. I have all the answers. (laughs) Do you think that Toby Flenderson was the Scranton Strangler? Um it's fun to think about but I think in reality it's just that they only had so many cars to park around and use for the show okay so no as far as what do you mean so many cars you haven't heard about the car thing no the exact same car that they show in the police chase for the Scranton Strangler is seen a couple episodes prior parked in the Dunder Mifflin parking lot okay and then just after you see that Toby is driving a new car Okay. Implying that they that Toby was on the run. Toby also was not there while they were watching the Scranton Strangler being hunted down by the police. He just wasn't in the building. Right. Um, I think that the intentions of the show creators and the writers is that he is not the Scranton Strangler. It's very fun to okay. think about, and there's there's a lot of cool like quote unquote evidence to say that he is, but he 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 is not. Right. Well, there's a lot of coincidences. Yes. Yeah. And Uh, so, like, things like the car, like, it's expensive to have cars. When you watch an action movie that has all kinds of cars, they usually just take shitty cars and put different bodies on them. Oh, sure. Sure. Or, you know, they get, like, corporate sponsorship from the the car manufacturer whatever. But even then, you know, Bugatti's not going to give you a Veyron to crash. Sure. You're going to get a Civic and then figure out a way to throw a Bugatti Veyron body around it it and then crash the Honda Civic. Right. Um, It's funny. My other question was actually about the cars in the office. Do they ever mention 
all of the white shit that is constantly covering their cars. You ever mention what? what that is? Oh well, no, that's a uh, that's uh, you. You should know this from Chicago. That's salt. Oh, okay. When they Wait, salt, why? they salt the roads whenever it snows to melt the snow more quickly. And if right. you live in an area that's very snowy, like say Pennsylvania, um, sure. Your car during the winter just is covered in salt all the time because it sprays up from the ground. See, I didn't have a car when I was up there, so I didn't really pay attention mm-hmm. to that sort of shit. Huh? Yeah, that's that's just salt. That's just super common for snowy areas. Sure. Thought it had something to do with like the ash from the coal plants or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Scranton, what the electric city? <laughs> They have uh, our our friend Jesse has really upped his game on the office trivia has lately. He? Oh yeah, and uh, it's been it's been getting really hard because after he listened to the episode where I was saying he was giving me easy questions, he was like, "Well, fine, <laughs> fuck you then." Call me out on it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> What's the hardest one he gave you so far? Oh. Well, there was a trick one where he asked me what Andy's parents were named in a certain oh, episode, yeah. and I remembered what their parent what his parents were named. But that's not what they were named in that episode, right? Because it was the inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. You should send a letter to the writers of the show. Yeah, so let's see. Oh, and then I tricked him last night into this thing, but I'm gonna save that for later. Um, he hasn't sent me one in a couple of days, so. <laughs> We both know Dwight and Andy dueled for Angela in an episode in season five. However, this was not the first time that two men dueled over Angela. What were the names of the other two men? Oh, man, that's a really, really tough one. It really was. I just watched that episode the other day, and I couldn't tell you that. It. Um, all I could remember for sure was that they were both named John. I could name the episode that he's talking about. I knew that they were both named John. And they were John, insert middle name, and I guessed John Michael and John David. And I don't remember. I never looked up what their actual names are. Angela, Office, Duel, John. Not the Duel. John Mark and John David, not John Michael. Yeah, right. That's real close, though. It's real close. Yeah, he gave, he gave me the point. <laughs> same initial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's up the game, and uh, when he's at work watching Netflix on his phone, um, he'll send me he'll send me a real tough question. <laughs> Are you good with other kinds of trivia or just office trivia? Office, I'm very very good at just because I watch it all the time. But I'm f- I'm pretty fair at trivia. Because they have uh, uh, geeks who drink trivia at Wurlow's on Tuesdays. Yeah. But I'm not really into going there because of the people who go there. But they also have that same thing at Finnegan's on Mondays, they which used, I found out. They used to have a real cool guy doing the trivia at Finnegan's on Mondays. And so I haven't tried the Geeks Who Drink one. But I really liked the other guy. And the Geeks Who Drink at Warlow's we've done twice. The first time was their first time, and the guy was illiterate, so it just went terribly. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the second time that we went was months later and it had gotten a lot better and there was a new host. Yeah. <laughs> but the, when, when the, the, your trivia master hasn't read the questions beforehand and he can't read any of the words that he's saying, it's like, what the yeah. fuck are you trying to say? Like, come on, buddy. Yeah. Occasionally whiskey barrel will do trivia night just, you know, for what it's worth. 
I do. Let me know. That's yeah. closer to my house. <laughs> it's true. And he he has a really tough round. It's very it's very tough and it's very fun. It's a name that tune. Oh, I love name that tune. But you cannot you don't name the name of the song. You have to name the artist. Oh, that's hard. And he plays you a total of about five seconds of a song, and then you have to name the artist. That's really hard. Because often, yeah. even you, you might even know the name of the song, but it doesn't matter because you need to name right, the artist. Right, but who sang it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what if it's a cover, and what if you know a different version of that? Yeah. Exactly. That's hard. That's it's, hard. And that's one, That's the one that separates the men from the boys, because that's like usually <laughs> ten questions, and commonly the person who does best gets maybe four. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I can't wait to start getting uh, notches towards my whiskey wall belt. Oh, <laughs> have you? How many yeah. have you gotten so far? Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, or I, three. But you've had you've had your sober January, so yeah. So I had a little break. Did you make it yet? Did you make it to your hundred and one? No, I'm waiting. I need to get down to ninety five, which I'm at ninety two. I think right now. I want to get to ninety five so I can finish it at the whiskey tasting with the six whiskeys. Ah, uh, yeah. Because that'll feel that'll feel very um, poetic. What are the dates on that again? That's February first. February first. That's coming up pretty quick. Yes, sir. <laughs> My wife is very excited because that's the first day that she's oh, she done is. with Whole Thirty. <laughs> Excuse me. So she gets to go to a bar and drink. We. So normally, this this kind of goes against everything that I normally believe in. Um, but we're getting tattoos oh, really? on Thursday. Uh, not, not that the tattoos itself are against everything that I believe in, but how we came ac- across them. There, it's a, a an artist that's doing like a flash tattoo thing. But he so he put up a bunch of pictures of of like pictures that he's drawn. Um, and the way that it works is like once you claim the tattoo and you put the down payment down, nobody else gets that tattoo ever. Hmm. So, huh. uh, and that was the draw for me. Like, the, you know, cause normally I'm like, I'm going to pick something that means something and that has, you know, like value that I want to have on me forever. But like the fact that like, it's not just going to be some book that, that, you know, fucking people are going to be like, Oh yes, I want this tattoo later. You know, that's the part that I'm like, okay, that makes it a little bit more up my alley. Yeah. But so I'm getting a, uh, um, sorcerer Mickey hat. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I need to step away for a moment. She's cussing somebody out. Uh, <laughs> she's she's just at the door yelling dad 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 dad. So um, ah. I I shall return. Okay. All right. Take your time, Zach. What are you going to get for your first tattoo, Zach? I have not even thought about getting tattoos. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know if it's something that I w- would ever get. I don't. I never really thought about it. I like have like I don't know. I have enough hair almost everywhere that it's like I'd have to keep an area shaved and all that. So. Yeah, or deal with it being covered. You could get yeah. an RX symbol tattooed on. Oh your, shit! Right. <laughs> get, it, get it under my eye. Yeah. Exactly. Under I'm your eye, there. Teardrop. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I mean, I just never thought about it that that um, that much that deeply they're just so permanent <laughs> well exactly exactly you have to either make a good choice or have something that just keeps resonating with you yeah exactly i don't know maybe if i if i had to get something probably something related to my profession but like i said i 
don't know where to put it. I have enough hair on my. I don't have like super hairy upper arms, but I have enough that it would be. It wouldn't look good unless I shaved. Yeah. What about back hair? Uh, Once again, it's enough that I would have to (laughs) shave my back (laughs) to get a tattoo back there. I'm not like my dad, who you know he doesn't listen to this, so I can say that he is like a a nice fur rug everywhere. Yeah, it's it's coming, sir. You just wait. Oh boy. Well, you know, I I think I've told the story on here before, but one of the first years that we, was me, CJ, and two of our other friends went camping, and you know, didn't have parents there to to baby us. I did not do a very good job putting sunscreen on, so oh. I own I tried to do it myself because back then we're like, oh no, we have to put our put our own sunscreen on instead of helping each other. <laughs> you know, can't can't touch each other's backs and all that shit. So right, no, no, that's I, weird. I, I did it myself, and uh, I ended up with a, a section of the middle of my back that was fine because <laughs> I got sunscreen back there. But all around it was like this deep crimson red color. And so that kind of screwed up some hair growth for a while. I had like some deep wounds. I probably should have gone to the doctor when I got back home. Probably. Or maybe a pharmacist. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that kind of, I feel like that kind of made some of the hair growth really splotchy there for a while. But as I get older, it's starting to come in a bit more. (laughs) Unfortunately, I could do without that. But So what, what made you finally decide to get a tattoo? Well, so I've had, I have one tattoo that I've had for about 10 years now. Um, we, so, okay. There's kind of a long story that goes into this. The first, and if you don't want to share it, then that's no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sure I've even talked about it before. Once we've gotten to a certain level of drunk, which Um, means I probably don't remember. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so Jenny and I, but when we were dating, we went on a spur of the moment spring break trip, uh, to Santa Cruz. And the first night we stayed in a hotel and the second night we stayed uh, on the beach, essentially stayed up all night until the sun came up and then we kind of slept in our car. Uh, Yeah. And then, and the third night, so we we didn't actually really sleep the second night, but the third night we kind of like slept in our car at the boardwalk, which was weird. We were young and dumb, you know? Um, (laughs) In fact, the car that I had at the time had, uh, there was no lock on the passenger side door. Oh my god! <laughs> so we ended up switching sides that way in case somebody did open the door, like they were it was they were talking to me instead of her. Yeah. <laughs> right. But so the hotel that we were staying at had this map uh, that that we found in the lobby, but it was a really rudimentary map. It only had the names of the big streets. So we would have to drive for three or four streets before we could figure out if we were going in the right direction. Right. Okay. Uh, and so the joke of the whole trip was, damn it, if only we had a compass. This was before, like, smartphones really had, like, you know, the compass app or anything like that. Like, yeah. neither one of us had really a smartphone. So it was like, yeah, if only we had a compass. The whole trip was, off. Oh, if only we had a compass. <laughs> um, and so then a couple of months after that was my birthday. And she got me, uh, as a birthday present, a really nice uh, brass uh, sighting compass with, do you know what a sighting compass is? No. So it's like a, uh, I mean, you can Google a picture of it. It has, so it's a metal encasement compass and it has the top part is like a thing that closes down, but it has a little hole in it with a, with a line. Right. And so you can, there's a a method that you can open up the, the top part and use that to gauge where the sun is. And it can tell you what time it is. And also how like the 
distance between where you're at and like the the mountain or the the tree that you need to go towards, right? Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah so cool. yeah, it was, it was a really thoughtful gift, and she had it engraved, and it said to adventure, oh, wow. love always, Jenny. Right. So that was, um, gosh, this was back in 2007. No, 2008. Oh, so, yeah. And then at the time I was a massage therapist. So um, I, I knew a tattoo artist and I traded him. I gave him a two hour massage and I gave his wife a two hour massage. And in exchange for that, he gave Jenny a tattoo and he gave me a tattoo. And the tattoo that I picked was a compass on my forearm in, you know, memorandum of that uh and then and she picked the word bookkeeper uh which is uh a reference to one of her favorite encyclopedia brown stories as a child oh okay so yeah it was i mean it was free cost me four hours of labor (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh yeah so i that's the the one tattoo that i currently have is a, a compass nice yeah so the other one is is there's much less like forethought into the other one but it was it is a thing that i identify with and it's a thing that i appreciate you know the the sorcerer mickey specifically yeah. no that's cool so yeah we'll see next time we speak i'll be a tatted up man oh boy you're gonna start yeah. collecting them you know i know i know no. <laughs> i haven't decided yet if i want to get it on my calf or on my chest oh okay how big are you looking uh, it's going to be roughly the size of a business card. Is oh, what, okay. Like, I didn't have any options on, on the size of it. It was just oh, like, okay. this is what it is. You know, so roughly the size of a business card. And it's going to be, like, fully colored in, which is the hardest part about getting a tattoo. Any shading, anytime they have to, like, go over and color in skin, you know, with a with a wide needle is, is the worst part getting a tattoo. I imagine. <laughs> but, uh, so I don't know. And I could make it a part of a bigger piece later. And I could have like you know the the brooms from like the dancing brooms from Fantasia, like dancing around it later. Um, yeah. Or I could just leave it by itself. If I leave it by itself, it could go on my calf. But if I do the brooms thing later, then I want it on my chest. I don't know. Well, yeah, I feel like if you if you were, well, I don't know. I, I guess you could still, depending on where on your calf you put it, you could still make it. That's work. actually a good point. And the so the draw for the calf is. I wear shorts more than I go shirtless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so other people would see the the tattoo more on my leg than if it were on my chest, but I would see it more on my chest than if it were on my leg. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I'm still no, I in the think air. it's a yeah, I think it's a valid like thought to have kind of trying to decide which one. Cuz it's not quite big enough to put on my arm like on my bicep. You know, or my shoulder. It's not yeah. quite that big. Yeah, unless you want like a some giant fucking Mickey's hand. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Even then, if he was willing to make it bigger, I might. <laughs> I jokingly, I told Jenny, I was like, I could shave and shave my head and put it on my head like oh, a regular shit. hat, and she's like, No, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I don't know if that would be the the most advisable idea start wearing things and start wearing wigs when you don't want to show it yeah, right yeah just hey, let my least... hair grow it's fine yeah <laughs> i wonder how cj's doing it's been going for a while yeah little little holly's up pretty late tonight yeah she might have had a bad dream or she might have needed a change in pants 
Yeah. Thankfully, I have not had to worry about that. <laughs> Changing your <laughs> pants. At least you can do that your own now at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't require assistance. <laughs> well, you know, that would make things easier. It <laughs> would, right? If you had a butler, like, what would be the thing that you just had them do? Like, hey, pants, now. <laughs> oh, God, I don't even know. I'd probably just, like, fucking clean. <laughs> yeah, clean. And then when I mean, everything's clean, you can play video games with me. Because, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> uh, I mean, I don't need, yeah, I don't even know. The, I, yeah. Things I don't even mind even cleaning. Considered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't clean probably as much as I should, but I don't really mind cleaning. So it's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Once I get going in the groove, I'm like, yeah, this isn't that bad. But I like when I when I'm not cleaning, thinking about cleaning, I'm like, oh, that's the worst. Like, I don't want to do that. But once I start doing it, it's fine. But like actually starting to do it is is the hard part for me. Yeah, that's kind of rough at times. Now, now, you know, I either just do music or podcasts and right and just knock it out. Yeah, exactly. It's probably easy too when it's like there's no question about it that this is your own mess. Yeah, like, no, exactly. I don't have anyone else to blame. It's all right. on me. <laughs> yeah. I hate cleaning, but I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You, but with a wife and kid, it's probably nonstop. There was a... During my wife's... No, it wasn't bachelorette party. What's the thing? The other thing. Bridal shower. There was a quiz that I was... I was I was given a quiz that I had to fill out and answer all these questions ah. about myself. And then the like game of the party I guess was to where they would say whatever question they asked me and everyone would guess what I answered. Okay. And, and with the hope that Christine got the best score. Oh, okay. And um it was she and she and my mom were doing about the same which adds up. But then there was this one point where the question was, um, like, okay, everybody's out of the house, you're alone, time to clean or time to play or something like that. And I said time to clean, which is true, which is what Christine put. And then when that was the correct answer, my mom was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Is that true? My my son cleans things now? (laughs) You're like, yes, I'm grown up, mama. <laughs> well, that's well, that's the thing, because in every house, if there's when you when you have multiple people, if there's not one person who's doing the cleaning, then there, there always will be dirty. That's just quick. that's just how the environment goes. At some point, it reaches a point where someone has their breaking point before the others, and they go, oh, "Okay, I am going to clean this." And so for me, that started in college, where my roommates were terrible. And so there was one night a week where I was alone in the apartment every once a week. And so I would light incense all over the place and listen to the Grateful Dead and get the whole place spotless. And this was after coming from like living in a room with just piles of this and that and like rotting food in the corner and stuff. (laughs) It just for some reason something clicked once I once it had to. And I became I don't remember which of Felix and Oscar is the clean boy but i became became the clean boy from the odd couple 
I'm still <laughs> waiting for that moment to happen. So with you and Jenny, it's just that you're both kind of like, eh. Yeah, for the most part, you know. You probably I mean, don't let it get me. to a certain point, right? Well, no. Yeah. Well, sometimes. When it show, like when we're doing a show, when we're both doing a show together, it gets to that point. Well, sure. Um, but we're, yeah, we're, it's, we're, we're cluttered people. Yes. And so, and we also have a habit of closing the door where the clutter is and just not going in that room uh. for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but so like the, yeah. the main, like the, the living space that we have, the, like the front room and then the kitchen, like those are the two that it's like, as long as you keep those, you know, relatively clean, it's fine. But again, when we're both doing a show, it does get out of control. Sure. It's out of hand, you know, cause the, the theater is unforgiving for people who work at seven o'clock in the morning until four thirty. Yep. Like there's no time, you know, in between all of that. And then what happens is we get into this weird habit of like, we do have a little bit of free time on say a Monday when we're both off work, but we need to hoard that time. Cause it's not going to happen again for two weeks. So we just sit there, you know, or we, we leave the house and do other stuff that has been being put off for. Well, sure. That's also a nice time to go have lunch together and stuff. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, or go to the doctor, or go shopping. Yeah, we because yeah. that's that's another like bad, like unfortunate side of us both doing theater at the same time is that we just deplete all of our like resources within the house. Mm. You know, like the paper towels, the food, the soap, you know, everything. And so we have to go to Walmart and spend you know hundreds of dollars to just restock. Oh, <laughs> you know, uh, we don't. Yeah, it's hard to have like a regular, like minor shopping thing. See, I tend towards so this is before I had a second job, but I tend towards being a ten to fifteen dollar a day man. Right. Every single day, just go to the store and and get the three things that you need. But right. I have that luxury. That is not a luxury that that you guys have. Right. Well, yeah, it would be one of us taking time off of work to do that, or taking time off of the theater, which is nice now. Now that that we're we're starting to get into the into the spot for baby where we're going to have to like start putting some actual work into it. Hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, but she's been doing prelude to a kiss. So she's been gone, you know, a lot with that show, just getting everything sort of handled with that thing. Yeah. But that opens soon. So she gets to go home. Yes. Then we get to focus on baby and then I'll have to focus on nice work if you can get it. Mm-hmm. And then it's fine. God damn. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> yeah and then randomly there's other, so like on uh saturday i was the house manager for stockton civic because jay had some other stuff happen hmm. uh and then yesterday i was an usher because she with her other stuff that had been happening she didn't think to call more ushers so there weren't there was only one volunteer and i was like yeah <laughs> like i i will do that it's fine it's the one job i've never done i've signed up a bunch of times <laughs> like a bunch of times because they're like, oh, who wants to be an usher? And I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm free on this day. And then I don't write it down. And then I get a call from someone that night yep. of like, you were supposed to usher tonight just so you know, but we figured it out. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, so as an usher, you get to watch the show for free. Mm-hmm. As a house manager, you are required to stay in empty dark lobby for the entire show, which I I did not really know that that's what that was. Yeah. That's success. It sure does. It was, I mean, it was okay. Like basically I was there for 
security and for you know safety like if somebody threw up i was there to you know facilitate the cleaning of it if somebody showed up drunk i was there to facilitate the leaving of them you know <laughs> did either like of those things the, happen uh no oh okay no you were just yeah. ready I was, I was prepared. <laughs> we did have one of the concessions workers didn't show up, so I ended up having a 13-year-old back there, which was against the rules. But And at first I was like, no, like why don't you come and be an usher instead of that? Uh, and then I realized that the dude who was there was just working by himself, and it was her dad. Mm. So he, you know, he was like running around, and I was like, dude, like, are you by yourself if she doesn't help you? And he's like, yep. He's <laughs> like, she was going to be my partner. And I was like, okay, well, as long as she doesn't touch any wine, like you can have her back there. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. So I imagine you as a house manager, just like, um, the security guard was supposed to be in, in Seinfeld, just perched on the edge of a stool, ready, yep. ready to take action. <laughs> Till they gave me a comfortable chair and I fell asleep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was, uh, it was an eye opening experience. But uh, it wasn't the worst thing. It was weird hearing a show that I had never seen before. Mm, sure. Especially with all the yeah. accents. Yeah. About that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with all the air quote accents that I've, were being thrown around. I've had a lot of conversations with Dennis about the accents. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. They're Wait, really like just bad. Fake accents? Yes. Yes. Most oh. of the, it's a script where because of what the script is, like at least half of the cast has to pretend to be Italian. Yeah. Ooh. And yeah. so it's and one Russian. And one Russian. And there's just he Dennis, who's the artistic director, his stance, which I agree with, is we're a community theater. We shouldn't be doing this many plays that rely on accents because people are bad at doing accents when they're just like <laughs> just random people who auditioned for a play. They're not professionals. That is correct. That seems like it could get a little problematic pretty fast if you have people that can't do like halfway decent yeah. accent. And, yeah. And well, I've been, it, it, there but, comes a point when it's offensive. Yes. I was just going to say, if, if it's so bad, it just gets to the point where it's just offensive, like you said. Yeah. So I, I've been pitching him on potentially someday ever doing this one show where basically the entire cast either has to do an Irish or a Czech accent. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an amazing show. And he, oh. and so in our conversations about like the accent thing, he's like, and that's why I don't really want to do that show. And I was like, well, No. A member of the staff would not be doing double duty or anything, but there would be members of the staff of that show whose job it would be to be accent coaches. Yeah, and regulators. What show is it? Oh, uh, Once the Musical. Once, okay. Every everybody in Once the Musical is either Irish or Czech. It's funny because he really wants to do Finnegan's Wake, and that has a motherfucking a bunch of Irish accents. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's whatever. It's whatever, but that's the thing. We're like for 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 things like that, like that should just be a member of the staff as the accent coach, and it can be kind of like they did for this show, where they had a guy who was the vocal coach and teaching them how to sing, and he didn't come all the time. But right, came like right. once every week and a half, two weeks, and coached them and kind of helped them, sort of on doing dialects, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, just on singing. Right. He was, he was there. He but was, no, that's what it would be. Yes, but it would be on dialects. Like, okay, they, I sat through this rehearsal, and these are the like areas of dialogue that you need to work on and get better at saying. They farmed out the French accent to a French man. The announcer in the show, yeah, to an actual French man. They, I was, so. I was 
going to do that because at our first production meeting, they're like, where are we going to find someone who speaks French? And so I just was like, well, I speak French. (laughs) (laughs) What? Like, yeah, I took I took French for four years. So what, what what part of the script are we talking about? And I like flipped to the pages, and I was like, Yeah, I could say these words in I French. Could say, yeah, and then be fine because I have to switch back and forth between that and saying English things in a French accent. When you're already your when your mouth is already set up to speak yeah. French, it's easier to do a doing French it there, accent. Yeah, so much easier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was going to be me at first, but then they called a French guy. Oh. Right. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, if if any of the actors are listening, you know, I... Uh, They're not. I mean, I stand by what I said. I'm drunk enough now. Like, your accents <laughs> needed work. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> oh, boy. So we when we did 39 Steps, which involved myself and Rich Matheson both playing between 13 and 15 separate characters, most of which were British. Some of them were German. Some of them, you know, Scottish here and there. Yeah. Scottish. And I like, it was, it was all over the place, all over Europe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lady come in from England and explain to us all of the differences between English accents, right? Like a Yorkshire accent versus a Surrey accent versus a, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And she was kind of offended that we had like bastardized and done like an Americanized version of all of these accents. Mm. Right. And at one point, like she told me that, that one of my female characters sounded very much like Monty Python. And yep. she meant that as an insult, but I was like, thank you. That's, that's what like, I was going oh. for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. Seriously. Like that was my intention. You know, I knew uh, that, I knew that show intimately. And, uh, that is exactly the way it should have been. Right. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> There's no other way that accent should have gone. <laughs> oh, man. that So one time, one day in that show, you had played uh, a piece of music, and you told us all through the window. You were like, this is called The Lament of the Mother of God. And Kevin didn't hear you say that, and you started playing it, and I was like, this is called The Lament of the Mother of God? And Kevin goes, what? How do you know that? What? I was like, no. <laughs> no, you, you just said that. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh. <laughs> that show was the first warning sign that I should quit the job that I ended up quitting because my boss at the time, he and I were supposed to share the set design on that. That was the plan. Oh, from the start. yeah. And then as things kept rolling, we were going to co-set design it and it was going to like teach me how to set design. And as things <laughs> went on, I was still doing just as much work as a co-set designer, but he increasingly was taking all of the credit until all of a sudden oh. I never got a contract and he took home all the money. And yeah. I was like, oh, so that was your set design, huh? Cool. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I should uh, I should go through and get rid of every single thing that I actually designed because you didn't. People are dicks. They really are. Like that show, that the thing that brought that show home was the footlights. Yeah. The footlights were my concept, my design, my implementation, but uh, he still stole them. <laughs> Ego does a weird thing, man. Like, it takes a, a nice, normal person and makes them into a selfish, yeah. like, grabber of things. Of like, Zach, Zach, I don't, I don't mean that he stole the credit for them. I mean, literally, they're nowhere to be found, and he stole <laughs> a lot of things, so he stole yeah, those. Jesus. He took them. The actual physical things. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
That makes it even worse. I thought you just right. meant he stole the credit for him. No, he did both. He did both. Yeah. Jesus. Well, they were his at that point. <laughs> Might as well. Fuck yeah. it. Fuck it. God damn. Uh, it's not like I did a different set design and used them in a different set, too. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start uh, saying things I'll regret. Uh, I'm okay with that. He doesn't listen. No, he, he doesn't. does listen. He needs a mirror held up anyway. So it's fine. Yeah. Man. All right. So my so okay, I had you, you brought up a, a point, Zach, about how mm. you don't know how like you could do it, right? <laughs> yeah, with all the all I did what? the uh, all the uh, commitments you guys have all the time. Right. So I I likened it one time because my friend asked me why I do so many things backstage now versus do things on the front of the stage. Um, this was you know a year or so ago. And I, I likened it to a person who plays baseball when they're young and then goes back and becomes a coach of the little league team, right? Like you love the thing so much, the sport so much that you want to facilitate it and you want to like help other people do it. And you just want to be a part of it. You know, it's, it's a different beast. It's a different reward when you're playing versus when you're coaching versus when you're watching, you know, but, but it's still the same thing and it's still the same community that you're a part of. Okay. So yeah, it's not it's not quite the same question, but it's it's more of just like a a being you know entrenched in the community, engulfed in in the whole spirit of the thing, you know. Does that make okay, sense? Okay, I guess I guess I see that. Yeah, and that's why most people who do theater don't really watch sports or anything like that because they already have an extracurricular. Right, right, and it, it's such a, a all encompassing community, you know. It it fills the same voids as a lot of like hardcore sports fans. Yeah, but this is this is also Zach. Why I often don't fall into the same camp because I've switched it into literally being what I do for a living. Right. So it's very easy for me to go like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, yeah. Since I, I only well, you do already things. do it forty plus hours a week as your job. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I I now I only do projects that I'm paid for. And I don't really watch shows because I've never really enjoyed watching theater. So <laughs> I just still don't. Yeah. But that's a problem I've had my whole life. I cannot enjoy something without doing it. So like, like, like theater, I yeah. used to enjoy theater and now I just do it. I enjoy podcasts and that's why we have one. I was just going to say, I think that was your pitch on starting this was basically mm-hmm. like, I just want to do a podcast because I like to do things to enjoy them yes. or something. Yeah. It's really? funny. He had a slightly different pitch to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. His pitch was, you know, I have a friend, Zach, and I think you and him would have a really interesting conversation. Do you think you'd be interested in talking to him and having me record it? And I was like, uh, <laughs> sure. Because I had already, hilarious. I had had Zach for, a, I think I, I think that's it. I'd had Zach for a long time on the ropes for doing a podcast with, and then I, we needed a third. You had, you had mentioned it once or twice. And I think one time I told you, well, I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> if you want me to, you know, I've been your friend since I was four years old. So yeah. if you want me to, I'll, I'll do I'll it. I'll do it. Now, here <laughs> we are. Here we are. Episode 43. Jesus Christ. 
but so it was just really? we need yeah we've been I, doing this for over a year we're only on 43 what is wrong with this um <laughs> we, we've we like to skip. many weeks <laughs> and we've also many weeks a few. and i think there's been some episodes that yeah you you said that when you went back through there's too much that you were gonna have to edit out yeah yeah that's fair like going I, on 40 minute rants about yes. people <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were much closer to our hundredth episode. Yeah, we're not at all. <laughs> we have to start doing two I a feel day like if we oh shit, two a week. Yeah. <laughs> Next six months, expect two episodes. <laughs> five dollar five dollar patrons get the second bonus episode. There you go on our Patreon. <laughs> that I so, thought I hid and I did not. So one one our one patron gets a gets the extra episode. Or she could just wake up and come listen. Yeah, that too. Be present. Listen to the after show. A guest speaker. (laughs) She's been sleeping like a rock, so that's why I had to go put the kid to bed. Uh... (laughs) Again. She's exhausted from not getting any nutrients because of her whole 30. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And probably all of her extra work that she's got to do for, for baby. Oh yeah, it's it's rough. We may have gotten a caterer, but uh, so far, all of the things that are under her purview as stage manager are crazy. Beyond See, that's stage the thing, manager. though. She's, she, yeah, yeah. She's she's also an event coordinator and mm-hmm. a fundraiser and a fucking a babysitter. Like she should just be managing actors, and she literally has to do two shows. Like I, I think that's a little excessive. I agree. But uh, but the baby shower yes. was um, our idea. Yeah, it was me and her. John did yeah. not have the idea. It's clever. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, and I don't. It's it's. I feel like it's unfair for like they. I think the the owners of the theater should just give them a budget and be like, here, yes, you know, this is what you yeah. get, and it should be that amount that he's hoping to get from the fundraiser. Yep. You know, based on putting on a show. I think like I get what he's trying to do, but I feel like it, it shouldn't have to be done. Yeah, well, they're doing it for for uh, Lacage as well, right? Because th- they did it once and it worked, but they did it for uh, they did it like four or five months before the show, and right. it made more sense to do it that way, not three rather weeks. than right, exactly in the same month of the show, right? Yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's another thing too. Like he, so as an extra responsibility for the props maker which is i and jenny we are also responsible for coordinating a list of the the items that people can donate and he wants them to also come to the shower so he wants them to pay for tickets to come to the fundraiser and then donate props and i'm like that's fine that's all well and good but like usually as a props designer i just find the items which is hard work in and of itself but like now i have to also coordinate volunteers Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's just, it was more than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about Zach's most difficult customer this week. I don't did always have, have, I don't always have difficult ones. But did I've you been there a lot. Trying to remember. <laughs> I'm about half a bottle deep, so that's fair. Because <laughs> I found a I subreddit often... called "Tales from the Pharmacy." Oh, I love that subreddit. <laughs> Sometimes the people there get a little bit jaded, but a lot of times it it resonates. We don't really have too many bad ones, though. Okay. 
I had. I mean, like every once in a while, we get someone that they they take like ten, fifteen meds a month, and they'll they'll decide to call them in and show up like ten minutes later. And it's oh, like, oh god, you gotta be you gotta be fucking kidding me! Come on. Now. Like we need time here. See, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite patient where I have a refill that I had filled, and they literally called me today to be like, "Hey, are you gonna come get this or what?" Because uh, come <laughs> we're Friday, gonna we're gonna throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, they won't throw it away. But yeah. No, they'll send it back or whatever. Yeah, I'll be there by Friday. No, those, as as long as you co- as long those patients, as long as they go in, they they don't they don't bug me. It's the ones that say they'll go in, but then don't. And then you call them again, and they say, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. I'll definitely come in in two days." And then two days pass, and they still haven't come in. Uh. <laughs> and before you know it, you've been holding their drug for like a month. Well, I mean, we put it back way before then. But. See, I, I had I had one tonight where they're they're hardly customers, but I had a, a concert at the school, and all the parents were told a bunch of times. Your kids are coming in here to rehearse before the concert because it's a beginning orchestra concert. So it's a bunch of like eight to 10 year olds. Right. Noobs. Noobs. And so the, so the kids are coming in here to rehearse right now because they've never played on this stage before. You will be allowed in at 615. Many times, many times, 615, 615. And I had this one group that kept like opening the door and walking in and I go, nope, hey, not till 615. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at one point I said, yeah, we're not ready for you guys yet. It's got to be 6.15. And um, the dad goes, oh, 6.15. I thought you said 6. And I said, well, uh, either way, it's 5.45. So, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you got to wait. It was literally 5.45. Oh, I thought you said 6. Like, no, sir. I said 7, actually, (laughs) sir. You're still early. I said 11 a.m. Please come back tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. I love... Go ahead, ahead, James. I was going to say, I I love creative, like, ways to tell people no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It got to the point... This is a very unruly audience. It got to the point where I was just like, no, go to the lobby now. (laughs) Yeah, that's that sucks. <laughs> Once the 113th person tried to just sneak in because they were, it was all of them. They're just trying to sneak in. That's oh they, my god, why? Somehow they thought that I wouldn't notice them. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm literally standing here, just waiting for you to walk in. <laughs> I mean, why try and sneak in? I don't god. know. That these, there's, it's very weird. The world of uh, <laughs> parent attendees of school concerts. It's a very strange thing. Because if they had gotten in and gotten to their seats, their response would have been, well, I'm already sitting. Do you really want me to go stand up? Like, yes, bitch, I oh, do. Exactly. Get out of here. Exactly. That's most of my job with these concerts. <laughs> and it's, something interesting happened with this one, and I think it's the changing times and the changing laws. But have you guys ever stood stood in one place while a large group of high schoolers walked past you? Yes, I try not to. The aromas are overpowering. Because high schoolers <laughs> all smell like axe and perfume and sweat. Because yeah. uh-huh. teenagers are stinky and they're covering mm-hmm. it up in a very aggressive manner. And so when they walk past you, you you either smell the ones who have managed to cover it up aggressively or the ones who have not. So when this group of parents was walking past me into the theater, I got this overwhelming smell of marijuana. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it wasn't overwhelming like they had been hotboxing the lobby or anything. It was just like 
Someone had it in their pocket. It was too many people had smoked weed at home before coming to the concert. And as a non-pot smoker, I anytime there's any amount of pot smoke in the air, I go like, oh, where's the pot? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like sensitive to it, yeah. Yeah, and so these are, you know, parents younger than me. And uh, yeah, they just they just all smelled like dank sticky weed <laughs> ah that makes me jealous <laughs> i've been having yeah, dreams lately where i smoke i wake up feeling guilty oh oh really oh shit yeah that sucks and then i'm like wait no i didn't like i spent the whole day the other day thinking like well that's it i just said fucking smoke now and then i was like i finally asked jenny i was like i didn't smoke right she's like no why it's like because i had this dream that I just smoked a bunch of weed, and she's like, you know, I had a dream that you bought a bunch of weed, and then for some reason had to go back and buy more weed, and I was pissed, I was pissed at you, and I was like, yeah, but I didn't, right? She's like, nope. <laughs> like, okay. Oh my god. Is she is she still smoking? No. Oh. No, she she's always been like so. Back when I smoked cigarettes, she like would occasionally have one, but like she could drop it at you know, to drop a hat. Like it was never a thing that fucking held any, any weight for her. Same thing with weed. It just never held any weight for her. You know, mm-hmm. um, she could, yeah, she could just walk away from it without any fucking second thought. Huh? So me, I'm like, it was hard. I had to like work myself down and like, you know, but like, yeah, I, I, I started smoking much earlier than she did though. I started smoking at 13 and she started smoking at like 18 or 19. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Huh. I can't explain it. But that's why that's the only reason why I never tried cocaine. Because I knew that I would fucking like it. And what happens when I do like it, I'm just going to do it all the time. Yeah, now, like, you're, uh, now you're a cokehead. Right, exactly. Exactly. So I never <laughs> tried it. I like that, because um, I'm still just sitting in the subreddit for Tales from the Pharmacy. Oh, shit. That they keep talking about three letter, like like no one's gonna know what they what they mean. Oh, I know. Yeah, how many fucking three letter pharmacies are there? Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. yeah. What's a three letter? CVS. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but probably for legal reasons, all the people who work there cannot say hello. I work at CVS, and now here's a story. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Apparently, a three letter for this person, they keep miscounting things like in a major way. The bottle oh will say quantity 60, but there will be only 30 tablets in the bottle. And they say, or in my mom's case, only five. Jesus wow. Christ. I don't know how you do only five. I can I can understand the 30. Because they're going into your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Oh, man. I God. have someone yeah, awake and yelling again. Oh, again? Dada. What, what was the issue last time? What did you have to fix? Um, that they weren't asleep, and so I kind of hypnotized her into going to bed. But uh, oh, okay. Then she just got to play that song again. Well, I, I sang it, and then she kept telling me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's knocking at the door and yelling, "No, Dada!" So well, no, you better stop it. You guys go ahead and and uh, have a fun talk, and I'll be back at some <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, come on, go handle your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I wish that I had as few unruly customers as you do. We call them clients. But, yeah. uh, but oh, God. Yeah, are, I imagine. Yeah. See, ours, I don't know, it kind of is not good because we don't have a whole bunch of new people coming in. 
Right. And we obviously would like to. But on the other hand, I I know just about everyone. Um, sure. You know. And you and, build a rapport and you build a relationship and you start yeah, to understand their needs. Exactly. And I mean, I'm sure you kind of go through that, too, with some of your, like, well, I'm assuming you have, they, like, let you keep clients long term? Yeah, so I, okay. yeah, I have I have 440 cases that oh, are mine. Boy. Yeah. Um, we recently had a caseload balancing where we got rid of, uh, we were supposed to go down to 425. So I, ha- I actually had 436. Uh, so I got rid of 11. Um, and no, 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 it was 439. I got rid of 14. And then, and they went to a new person who was about to come down onto the floor from the new class. Yeah. Uh, and they went to several, like we, we all like across the board, just got rid of whatever and dropped ourselves down to 425. But then one of the new persons went on maternity leave and then somebody else who was already a continuing worker left. So we got back more cases. So now I'm at 446. So I, I have seven more cases than I did before I got rid of 14. <laughs> Jesus. Now, I don't I don't know enough about how long it takes to go through cases a month, but that just seems like way too much for it's a lot. one person to adequately like take care of everyone. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, you can't you can't be 100 percent in your job when you have yeah. that much work to do. You know, just some parts of it have to go by the wayside. And so yeah. there are some times where I'm like, I intentionally decide, like, I'm just not going to do that part of this thing. You know, I'm just going to not go through all of the steps to get the required verifications or whatever. You know, as long as they get their notices with the right amount of time, like, it's fine. You know, and you always err on the side of the client insofar as, like, giving them good cause or, like, giving them their benefits when they necessarily might not. You know, you send out, yeah. like, a sworn statement or a verification, and you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complete the recertification now and just send me that stuff later. You know, there's a lot of that sort of good faith that goes into it. But, uh, yeah. And there's there are some parts of my job that I just blatantly don't do. Like, there's some parts of, like, the paperwork and the filing and stuff that I'm just like, I don't fucking have time to do that with, oh, with God. Yeah. you know, any of these cases. So so yeah, yeah, yeah. when it comes down to a quality control review, like, they're going to see that I didn't do this. <coughs> and, you know, someone's going to get pissed. But, like, so far it hasn't happened. <laughs> I mean, God, yeah. you, Yeah. I definitely emphasize with, like, random bullshit paperwork that you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, Every year, or it, it's just more and more. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> oh god, yeah. Oh, I forgot oh. what I was going to say next. Oh, about unruly clients, or about because you you likened oh, it to god. yes, since you had a smaller caseload, really. Yeah, I mean the the caseload. Like we're still one of the probably top five busiest pharmacies in our company. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It just, we don't have that many new patients, so we kind of know everyone, but, um, shit, I am quite drunk right now. Um, <laughs> anyways. Woohoo! <laughs> woohoo! God, I like this wine a lot. Excellent. Um, I'm going to have to try some of it. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, you know, depending on how much more I drink tonight, I might end up signing up for their club <laughs> to get three three bottles delivered four times a year. Hey, um, that's not bad. Yeah, and um, I I don't even know if I've had that many unruly clients in general. Like even the people that have run in fake prescriptions, normally when I call them on their bullshit, they just kind of go on their way. 
like, oh, I'm sorry, and then leave. <laughs> uh, well, normally they'll, like, argue for a little bit. They'll be like, oh, no, 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 I saw them. And it's like, well, I, I called them, and they said you didn't. And <laughs> this prescription has a different phone number on it and all this other stuff. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, well, can I have it back? I'm like, no, I'm not going to give no. it to you back. No, like, you oh, okay. And then they just go on their way. <laughs> I don't think I've had any any people bringing fake ones that were actually, like, rude. Yeah. Which is, is kind of know. funny. I've had some other people that try to get stuff, like, super early and be sneaky about stuff and go to, like, three different doctors and stuff like that. And they can sometimes get a little bit pushy and rude. But I don't know if I've ever had anyone bringing fake ones be rude. Kind of. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I almost don't, like... Obviously, I hate when they do it, but I don't, I don't mind, like, dealing with them. I know some ph- some pharmacists I know just, like, kind of be like, oh, no, we don't have this medicine in stock if they know it's fake. And just let another pharmacy kind of have to deal with it. But I'm like, eh, I'll do my, not, you know, that's what we're getting paid the money to do. So I'll right. do my due well, diligence and yeah. take care of it. Plus, the legal ramifications of, like, if it were a sting or if somebody came, you know, like, if, if some government agency got wind of the fact that you were just willingly giving out, you know, prescription medication to people who didn't have an active prescription, you know. Oh, well, yeah. Like, I mean, even if even if you weren't giving it out, but you just were like, oh, no, go to this. And you try this other pharmacy. And, right. like, it was obviously you're, fake. It's you're like, now an accomplice. Yeah. I mean, you should know better. So. Right. Right. I mean, but some, I mean, some people just don't like confrontation. And I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I hate confrontation. I even, I, I don't even like public speaking, but, you know, <laughs> which is funny because I, you know, every day I have to talk to people about sensitive health issues. But right. Well, exactly. I mean, I guess it's just something that you end up, you know, getting more comfortable with. Yeah. And you can compartmentalize. You know, it's not like you're speaking to a group of people about something. You're just speaking to one person one on one, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, in school, they kind of kind of get you used to that. I mean, don't get me wrong, even in undergrad with the um, being in the program, I was in, we had to take a public speaking class. Uh, right. Sure. So, I mean, it was, at UOP, it was kind of kind of bullshit because. The actual the the lecture portion of public speaking was like two hundred people, but the actual group that you gave your speech to was like ten people. So it's like this Weird. isn't really public speaking. This isn't. Yeah. I mean, after the first one, you kind of know, and you, a bunch of group projects in the class and stuff. So after the first like four, three or four weeks, you know everyone in the class. Right. It's no longer, no longer an awkward type right. of thing. Huh. Yeah. But then once I got into the pharmacy program in the first semester there, they would give us these, um, like, easy type of, because we didn't know jack shit about medicine back then, but they'd give us these easy type of cases that we'd work with a group of three people. But then we'd have to present to the whole, you know, 220-person class. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and we had to we had to separate it out so that each each of the four of us was getting kind of equal amounts of of talking time to get us used to like presenting information to people and th- that type of shit like trying to get people comfortable with talking in front of large groups of people kind of continued throughout. Was so was that the hardest part of the whole thing for you? Uh, I, yeah, I would say that was at least one of the hardest parts, but you kind of get broke. 
I don't know if broken the a good word for it because I I still every once in a while I'll get a you know get a little bit like oh god I have to talk to someone <laughs> about this certain this certain issue or whatnot have to kind of steel myself against it but I mean because you start doing that but then in the second semester you start going out on like little internship like rotations and you spend like eighty hours at this one pharmacy and forty hours at this other pharmacy so you're constantly getting thrust into these situations with co-workers that you don't know and patients you don't know um so it just kind of throws you into so many different environments all the time talking with different people that it kind of eventually it just kind of gets less what do you think now what do you think would shake you still uh i don't know if anything shakes me that much i've gotten some really weird fucking questions <laughs> I mean, I had to talk to people about all sorts of different medications. I mean, I've had people that had obvious mental illness come in that have really, like, in-depth questions that just go on and on and on. I mean, I don't now, know. What I, is, what is the, the legality with that? Because, like, for me, like, there comes a point when a, a person is not, like, like cognizant enough of what I'm saying that I... I shouldn't really continue the the interview, right? Like there, there comes a point where they should have a conservator or they should have a, uh, an authorized representative here that can answer these questions on their behalf. Like, is that a, is that a thing for you too? It w- it would be. I don't think I've ever gotten anyone that was that came in that was bad enough for that that didn't already have someone like a caregiver there with them. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, most of the time with me, they do. But, like, I do have a fair amount of homeless people who come Oh, okay. Right? And it's like, so most of them, not not most of the homeless people, but most of the people who are, in my experience, at my job, unable to really understand what's going on are intoxicated to some level. Right. And what's supposed to happen is I'm supposed to be like, hey, man, like, why don't we reschedule this at a time when you can, you know, understand what's going on and when you can just not, you know, sleep through this or like drool on yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, But I can't be like, hey, you're drunk. Fucking leave here. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Like so like there's a there's a level of of like etiquette and like eloquence, I guess, is the word that that. It, you know, finesse that you're supposed to have, but you're also supposed to, again, work in the client's favor, right? So like, yeah, yeah they're drunk, but if they, if they can understand you and if they can sign the stuff, you know, a lot of people turn a blind eye and are just like, okay, fine. Well, they said this, you know, they said that it was okay. And they, you know, they took a sworn statement and like whatever, but like, technically I'm not supposed to do that. If, if I can see that the client is drunk or, or high or, you know, falling asleep or whatever, yeah. like I'm supposed to be like, why don't you come back later? I think you know. the, probably the closest I've gotten to that is um, I obviously can't get into too much detail, but sure, I have sure. at one point had someone come in that they seemed like they were under some sort of like they they were having too much of something, and we pretty much r- refused to fill a prescription for them at the time because it was for something that would make their current. <laughs> intoxicated self worse off 
Right. And we're like, no, we're we're gonna have to call the doctor, you know, in the morning to verify all this because you're acting like you're intoxicated right now. So we're not, you know, ethically, we have a responsibility to not give this to you. Well, exactly. Yeah. How did they take it? Sure, fine. Uh, they were just like, oh yeah, it's great. Not, yeah. not not great. Um, but you know, they they also you know, this is something that happens a lot too. I don't know with some people. I don't know if people realize it and do it on purpose or if they just don't think about it. But if it seems like it, it seems like it might be at least partly on purpose. But um, a lot of people that are getting medications that like multiple like uh, opiates or narcotics and like uh, anxiety pills and things like that from different doctors, they'll come in after the doctor has closed so you can't technically call them that day and then try and like guilt you into giving it to them that night because they need it. Ah, uh, okay. But that's, we don't really have anyone like that because anyone like that has left because we normally kind of, unless we know them very well, um, we really hold fast on not breaking that policy that we have of no, if, if it's two different doctors and it's like, you know, you're getting, you know, Xanax from one doctor and now you're bringing in a prescription from Valium from this different doctor. We're obviously going to have to call them both before we fill this. Right. Clearly. We, I mean, we have no idea if they're both, if they know about it and whatnot. Right. And just from a liability and ethical like standpoint, we need to make sure that we clear all this with everyone involved. I mean, that makes sense. CJ's back. So from. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. From the doctor's perspective, now that we're in this digital age, is there a way for the doctors to know as they're prescribing? Like, is there something in the system for this person with social security number, blankety blank? Like, oh, he already has an active prescription for Valium. I probably shouldn't prescribe this Xanax to him. <laughs> there actually is. Um, I don't know. I don't think every state has it, but in California, at least, there is a program where um, pharmacies have to at least weekly send in data for all controlled prescriptions they fill um, and that data is available to all healthcare providers to see. Interesting. Um, now whether or not legally as of I believe midway through last year legally doctors and pharmacists are obligated to check that database before prescribing and filling um, any controlled medications for new patients, whether or not doctors actually check it, I don't know. Because <laughs> hmm. we still, every once in a while, get get like uh, duplicate type things, especially from like dentists. We'll have a patient on, you know, painkillers long term, and then they'll bring in a prescription from the dentist with more painkillers. And, you know, sometimes they need it, but we'll say, hey, you know, did you talk to your dentist about this? Oh, yeah, definitely. And we're like, okay, we're just going to call to make sure. They're like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And we'll call the dentist. Oh, they didn't say they were on all that. Hmm. Yeah, right. So, like, they already <laughs> have an, an active oxycodone prescription, let's say, but then they walk in with a Vicodin prescription. Yeah, exactly that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, sometimes the dentist is aware and is like, oh, no, yeah, I know, but they had this and this done and they're just going to need some extra extra you know therapy for the next few days and you know they only gave them you know a handful of tablets and it's like okay that's understandable other times though it's just like oh no they didn't tell us that they were on all that no sure, that's, sure. they don't they don't need all that i remember from having my wisdom teeth out that i think i was prescribed like literally eight pills 
you know, it's like they gave me Vicodin, but they gave me such a small amount of Vicodin that it was, it was barely enough to get through having my wisdom teeth out. Yeah. And it really depends on the doctor. Yeah. I feel like some doctors are just like, here, I'm going to give you more than you need because I don't want to possibly be um, bothered if you need more. Dr. Berlou. Oh God. No. <laughs> He's actually, he, I have to say when it comes to controlled medications, he is actually not very, he is actually very conservative with it. I believe it. Um, now there are some other things I won't, yeah, I'm not going to go into on the on the. Yeah, I went to Ask, I went to see him time. once. Yeah, no, I went to see him once. Uh, just he's just James. He's just kind of known throughout town as like he's like eh, you know, whatever. He's very laid back doctor. <laughs> okay, um, cool. I needed a clean bill of health to start working for the school district, but I was also right. in a weird place on medical insurances because I had recently. Yeah, I, I can I can see that, Zach, because um, I had recently um, turned 26, and in the state of California at this point, when you turn 26, you no longer can just plain be on your parents' medical insurance yeah. anymore. You must have your own. Because I had been deferring up until then because it was just cheaper for everyone <laughs> for me to stay on my mom's. It was cheaper for her, too, basically. Like, you know, she was paying... 20% more to have me on and so then it feels like a better value because she's giving two people health insurance as opposed to when I got kicked off now she's paying you know 80% of what she was already paying but only one person's getting health insurance yeah <laughs> I like your title Zach <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway I went to Dr. Berlou because it was just like I didn't have a doctor at the time and I knew I could get in with him because he runs an urgent care. He doesn't actually have a doctor's office. And so he had a TV in the room playing me TV and it had gun smoke on or something like that. And so I just kind of sat there watching gun smoke until he came in. He walked in the room. He immediately touched my abdomen in two different places and sat down, started watching guns, <laughs> started watching gun smoke with me. And then basically the rest of the visit went like, do you feel okay? Yeah. You don't like give anything that that's like bothering you or anything. No. All right. And then he gave me a clean bill of health, and I got to go go to my new job. Man, that sounds like the first time I've smoked with a couple of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Walk in the room, touch their belly a little bit, yeah. sit down, watch TV. You feel anything? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, see ya. Yeah. Exactly. Good job. Yeah. See you next time. <laughs> and and uh, talking about bad notes, uh, their whole computer system had gone down the morning that I went in there. Oh, shit. So when I got there, they weren't able to take cards, and they had to take cash for my copay, which was fine. So I gave them cash. Later, I don't I think they're too bad. It, no, it's it was fine. It was, you know, 25 bucks, 35 bucks, something like that. And... Um, but later on, I ended up getting a collections letter from them. Oh shit! For the copay for the thirty-five dollars oh that they said so you're they, like, but no, I had, I paid. Yeah, exactly. That it, so they said I owed them that money, and so it was the one time in my life that I've had something go to collections where I was able to contest it. And then when whatever the agency is that's in charge of all that stuff was like, well, what is your grounds for this? I my grounds were that. 
A, they told me they couldn't take a card payment, so I couldn't point to a bank statement. And B, their computer system had gone down earlier that day, so what evidence did they have, you know, that anyone paid that day? Were there a lot of right. collections things going out about people coming in that day? And it turned out, yes, there were a lot of there collections were. going out that wow. day for people showing up <laughs> that specific date to go <laughs> to see that doctor. And uh, yeah, so that got that got thrown out. Man, that's a brilliant racket. Right. You know what? I just need a little bit of extra petty cash real quick. I'm going <laughs> to cut off the computer, and I'm going to tell everybody that they can't use their car. I'm just unplug it. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Well, no, I don't know why it's not working. <laughs> and it could have it could have been a systemic failure for the entire urgent care, or it could have been the person checking in was just like, you know what? I see an opportunity to take home a few hundred dollars yeah. today. Exactly. Exactly. If I were just slightly a worse type of person than I am, when I was a pizza delivery driver, I oh, at several <laughs> several points in time I had like upwards of three hundred or four hundred dollars in my pocket, and I thought very very hardly a couple of times about uh, having one of my friends like texting one of my friends to like hey come and punch me in the face real quick and we can split this money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I never did it, but I could have That's real quick. I could have just punched myself in the face. That's fine. At Roundtable, we were encouraged to every single time we came back to go get another, like to to go deliver another pizza. We were encouraged to have our own little drop. Yeah, because you had the safe there and you could drop the money in. So we were encouraged to like sign out whatever the small amount was and drop it, and then to keep your fifty or seventy five for change or whatever it was. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. I never did it. <laughs> No, because why would you? Yeah. It's just it's more of a fucking effort for you, more steps. Exactly. But that was also when <laughs> I think I've talked before on this show about how the place was so mismanaged. No one had a valid driver's license who worked there, <laughs> Jesus. and they also didn't trust anyone who worked there enough to be shift supervisors. So I would often be the shift supervisor who was out delivering pizzas. Yep. So I'm supervising a shift that I'm not present for. <laughs> I mean, it's your I name on it. I I didn't care because I was making the most money out of anybody there because I was I was the person making the most money hourly by being the ship supervisor. And you get tips. And I got all the tips from being the delivery driver. And free pizza at the end of the night. And free pizza. And um, we uh, I think we we, we ended up. Coming up like through through a couple company meetings, people were upset that delivery drivers got so much in tips. And and the the argument was, and it was a it was a good one. The argument was, we made the pizza. You didn't <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make the pizza. You just brought it to them, and that was valid. So we ended up all delivery drivers had to give ten percent of their tips, and that was I mean. Sometimes I got tips that were a hundred dollar bill. I did not give them ten percent of that. No, <laughs> but something that was reasonable for your night, you had to give ten percent of your tips and put it into the big fund for everybody to get tips at the end of the month. Yeah, the difference is though, unless they're paying you a specific gas wage, that's what the tips are covering. No, there, there was also you... gas. You also got gas. That was okay. what the delivery yeah. charge was. Right. Sure. I still feel I. I didn't know that. I figured like. Well, I, I I guess I should say I I always should have figured that someone else was dipping into it, but I always thought 
tips were like for the person. I mean, no, in general, yes, this was specific to our store. Okay, that we had this meeting and company wide, I should say, was that brick and mortar building company, not all around. Okay. <laughs> That brick and mortar company, we overhauled how we did tips because we also had a tip jar in front of the cashiers, and then the cashiers would take home all of those tips. And all of the people who weren't cashiers were like, what the fuck? Which, again, is understandable. So then we instituted a policy where you would drop those tips with everything else, with like with the register every and, and stuff like that. And then the manager would suss out based on... Like in general, how well he thought you did the job, but mostly based on how many hours you worked for that month. Yeah, he would. Everyone would get thing, that percentage of the tips. Oh, okay. That's how it works at Starbucks. Yeah. All tips are are counted, and then we give based on an hour. We they now because it's not me anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> based on hourly wages, or, or okay. not hourly wage hours worked based on how many hours you have worked. Yeah. You get this amount of tips. Which is very, very fair. But then it goes back to like the whiskey barrel party where they were like, hey, the cook doesn't get any tips. So let's all give him some money. And it was like, mm, you just said one thing and I heard another. I heard <laughs> for all of the years that I've been here tipping based on how much food I got. <laughs> it was going to the bartender. It was going to the bartender <laughs> who all they did was come hand me the Poor food. Yeah, yeah. So now we don't tip on the food. Right. And we plan to give a lot more at next year's Christmas party when we are tipping the cook. I feel like you could, in theory, call the cook out and be like, hey, man, this burger was amazing. Also, these tacos here have. <laughs> you could like yeah. you, could, you could flag him down, but he's he's a real awkward guy because they only have one cook. Uh, he's, oh, sure. He's sure. an awkward guy and it, he wouldn't do well with that. <laughs> Right. So it's better to just kind of go, mm, okay, next year's Christmas party, I need to plan for it. And instead of giving him 20, I'm going to give him 100. Yeah. And then, and that'll show him that I appreciate him for the whole year. Right. So Bill, I'm sure that would make his day. They made his day when that. he got 300 bucks at the last Christmas party with 40 attendees. Yeah. Yeah. Which is already, you know, pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> as far as your tips for the entire year yeah agreed if that's yeah but they must be paying him a decent wage yeah you know you know as a cook like in a well maybe in a bar so like at, i know the I bartenders make minimum wage i don't know that he doesn't and i would imagine fair. that he makes minimum wage well when i worked at denny's the cooks made double minimum mm. um, oh wow yeah, but they also didn't get tipped out. But sure. they were making they were making twenty bucks an hour nearly. They're making eighteen or nineteen bucks an hour back when minimum wage was eight bucks an hour. Okay. So oh, okay. yeah, I guess. Um because they were like, This is the shittiest job and you're constantly working, but we don't have a way to tip you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um and at Rainforest you had to tip out everybody. You like a certain percentage of your tips had to go to like you, you literally just did a tip out and that went to the bar and it went to the cooks and it went to everybody else. Right. Um, but yeah, Denny's, it was just like, you know, the cooks are making more money than you fucking deal with it. <laughs> Interesting. You worked at Denny's. I did. I, for, for, uh, um, probably two months, maybe at most it was, uh, 
was a very bad time. I just walked out one day. I didn't walk out. I just never came back. I finished my shift, hmm. and then I didn't go back for the next shift, and then I just didn't go back, and I didn't answer my phone. And I- <laughs> yep. that's how I. That's what I did at Lowe's. I ghosted Lowe's. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't worked, know that. <laughs> I, yeah, I worked at Lowe's for a summer, and then come August, I just had better things to do, and I eventually got a letter that was like based on the fact, goddamn kid. Up again? I'm that's that's the name of this episode. Goddamn yeah. kid. <sighs> this time I'm ignoring her and I'm gonna see if it if it happens. Um Well r- real quick before you have to possibly go get her, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Because right. I don't know okay. if, I, if you have to get her again, I don't know if I'll last till you get back. <laughs> anyway, I eventually got a letter from Lowe's. I was like, you have not shown up for work in a while, so we're assuming that you've quit. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, goodbye, good luck. What I should have done, and I, I still constantly think about this, I should have gone out in a blaze of glory. Because back then, I don't even know if they still do it. Denny's used to have all of their pancake syrup in a, a giant vat on the counter that mm. had like a little, like a, a dispenser nozzle. Interesting. And Right? And so I should have just tipped that shit over on the ground and yeah. been like, fuck you, I'm out. Because that's the worst stuff to clean up ever. Sure. It's pancake syrup. And then they wouldn't have any pancake syrup for all of their guests who wanted pancakes yeah. or waffles or whatever it was. Uh, but I didn't. I just ghosted. But it was the worst job I've ever had. I did. I kind of did. Boy, she just has her face right up against the door. <laughs> I kind of did the opposite of that with... Uh, with Roundtable, we've talked before about how I quit Roundtable because at the time, minimum wage was $8. Right. Because I was a shift supervisor, I made eight twenty-five an hour. Whoa, dude. Uh-huh. Hi, Roland. And so when I went in to tell the owner that I was quitting because I had a different job, he was like, well, are you sure? Because, you know, I've been thinking that you're due for a raise. And my response was just like, well, yeah, I agree. I've been due for a raise for a long time. Like I do, I do a lot of it around here. He goes, yeah, you know, we could get you a raise if you want to stick around. And I, but I, so then I came back to him with, what kind of a raise are we talking about? Are you talking about getting me from eight twenty five to eight fifty? He's like, yeah, exactly. And so I said, uh, no, that's not enough because the new job that I just got pays me a lot more. But my, but he also knew that my new job didn't start for about a month. I just, right. I just was quitting. So a week later was, it was Labor Day weekend or something like that. It was going to be a very, very busy time for the store and he wanted me back. And so he called me and he said, can you come back for this week? Um, and I said, no. <laughs> and <laughs> like I had already moved away. I'd already like, I didn't, I didn't live in that County anymore. Not even a neighboring County. And, um, and he was like, well, can you, can you come by sometime and we can talk about what I can do to make sure that you, to, to like make you come back because I was a good worker and he valued me as a worker. So I met with him and, and I said, I'm not coming back for less than nine seventy five an hour during the week that you want me to come work. And he said, well, can we talk about eight seventy five? And I said, uh, no. No, that, we can't. That's that's the price for me to come back and work for you is a dollar fifty over what I was being paid per hour the last time I worked here. And uh eventually he, he acquiesced to that. And so I worked there for a week 
maybe two weeks. It was a week or two weeks at nine seventy five an hour, just feeling like a goddamn king. <laughs> and and I lived in the woods. Yep. Perfect. Because, because I didn't live there, but I needed to be able to work there. So I uh, lived up in the in the Tuolumne Wilderness, about forty five minutes up the hill from from the pizza place. <laughs> And I came down now and then and showered at a friend's house and went to work. Perfect. It was amazing. The only and what job was this? This was Pizza Place. Oh, okay. Okay. My only regret for that was that the only thing I was listening to in my car was a, a cassette tape I had of the White oh, Album. And <laughs> occasionally at eleven thirty at night as I was driving back to my campsite, Revolution number nine would come on and just scare the hell out of me. Number nine? Mm-hmm. Number nine? It's <laughs> number not, nine. It's not that scary until you're driving in the absolute and there's nothing else. black. And there's no other stimuli. Yeah. And yeah, that song at is simultaneously you're like, Man, I should do some mushrooms and then you're like, No, mm-hmm. I should not do mushrooms. <laughs> oh, if I ever did mushrooms and listened to that, it would just ruin me. You just yeah, I would be rocking in a corner for the rest of what? my life. It's What's the song? It's called Revolution Number Nine. You number should listen nine, to it sometime. Number nine. Like that's the only thing that I hear. And the weird sounds of the train tracks and the screeching and stuff. Like nah, I, I don't even consider nah, that a song. Nah, yeah. Nah, yeah. yeah it's fucking, it's terrible. It's terrifying. Even sober. Like it's just like why are you what are you guys thinking, Beatles? What yeah, exactly. are you thinking putting this on a fucking track? Well, you know, they're the first people to do something like that. Like many people yeah, have no, copied I mean, that fair. kind of thing since then, but they were the first people to actually do it. Yeah. But yeah, that was <laughs> All right, I think I'm going to need to end the call because we're at about 2 hours and she's got a whole lot to say. Yes, she does. <laughs> she needs to stay awake for the night and you don't get to go to work tomorrow cuz you're going to be yeah. up. <laughs> she has to come with me to work tomorrow very early in the morning, which is it's going to be super fun. Oh.